Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. Hi, I'm Shayna. And I'm Bryce. And welcome to Charmed, a Spellcast. Hey you, listening there. Have you heard about the witches with the really nice hair and a penchant for 90s style and kicking ass and taking names when names are worthwhile and knowing how to fight like girls in this patriarchal demon infested world they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones charmed a spell cast it's over it's over. it's all over it's all over oh this episode does not have very high reviews yeah, it was kind of rough. It was also the most, the, it was like the episode where I was like, this is super, super old. Like everything about it oh, felt yeah. dated. I have so much to talk about regarding genre mm-hmm. for this. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. So, um, hi. Before we get into the episode recap and review, I think we should do a brief bit of manner keeping. Yeah, as, as always. As per usual. And the first thing to note about this is that Bryce and I are going to be apart from each other for like a month, more than a month. More than a month. It's going to be a hot minute. Which is very upsetting, and I will shrivel and die shortly, <laughs> only to be revived when I see her again. Um, but what that means is that we are trying to record four episodes in the space of two days, which is a challenge, mm-hmm. to say the least. So just wanted to let you all know that these episodes are going to be a little bit shorter than we usually have, and we are also splitting up song duties. Mm-hmm. So you will have two songs and two spoken word masterpieces <laughs> um, over the next four episodes. This was, yeah, this was the most logistic-based manner keeping we've done yet. Yeah, it is what it should be, instead <laughs> of our feelings. But you know what? <laughs> feelings our are feelings. important, too. TM. You can quote me on that. Okay. So, do we have anything else that we want to say before we get into the episode? Um, no, let's just do it. Okay. Oh, wait. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Please go. Everybody go see if Beale Street could talk. Oh, yeah. I think the other thing we should mention is that because we are separating, that does mean that we have just finished our respective semesters of school. Yes. Well, well Bryce I'm is almost still done. Okay. Bryce is recording four of these while also kind of in the midst of group projects. So everyone give her a round of applause and keep her in your prayers. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, um, but you're done. I'm done. I'm done with my first semester of grad school. I only have two more semesters. And then I will be a master of arts, which we don't know. <laughs> episode six. Episode six. Season one, episode six, The Wedding from Hell. The Wedding from Hell. So this aired November 11th, 1998. It was directed by Robert Ginty, and it was written by Greg Elliott and Michael Perricone. Or cool. Perricone. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your name incorrectly. Payback for everyone pronouncing my name incorrectly. Shania Twain. Shania, Shania Twain. Cheyenne, Shauna, Shannon. That's my stage name. Okay. So let's go right into it. Yeah. Uh, let's begin by looking at the story from the three different perspectives of the sisters and kind of giving you an overview of their 
arc. Uh, Phoebe first, maybe. Sure. What happens with Phoebe? <laughs> <laughs> Phoebe first. What? Oh, this is where she's like trying to. Dis- There's like a weird thing where she like thinks she should murder her sister. Oh yeah. So Phoebe thinks that Piper is pregnant with the spawn of Satan, uh, mm-hmm. Jeremy, and so she's trying to figure out how to help slash murder Piper. Yeah. Um, Piper is catering the wedding from hell, literally. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chef Moore has dropped off the face of the earth, and so she's been left to cater this extravagant wedding. And then Prue is assisting Andy with finding out where this uh, dagger came from. Right, because a couple of murders do occur Yeah, during, uh, at the scene of the wedding, which is at a giant mansion. And they kind of all start in separate places, but they all do end up together in the same plot line at the mansion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they kill the spawn of Satan and evil bridezilla blonde demons. And we all live happily ever and after. And we all live happily ever after. That's it, that's the show. Okay. Um, okay. That's a pretty good overview. So I guess we should just start going scene by scene, and then we'll talk about the things that we find relevant. Yeah, let go. So the first scene, this is, uh, we're going back to the scene starting outside the Hallowell Manor. So we have uh, a couple who are getting ready to be wed, and the mom comes over and is like, did you get the marriage certificate? And, and the uh, younger man is like, no, mom, why are you so bent about this? We'll get the marriage certificate soon. She's like, it has to be sanctified and legal. He's like, yeah, it will be. And the girlfriend or fiance is like, yeah, it will be. Why are you so mad? And then we learn out. We learn out. <laughs> and then we find out why she's so worried. It's because even, even, I can't talk. Because evil hellspawn demon Jade appears in the distance and casts a spell on the dude and that's it that's all we learn yes it's all it's all like a bunch of setup for what will come later and it's super confusing because you don't really know what's going on we just kind of know that there's these two characters who we've never met before yeah and they're about to have a wedding and suddenly it's off and we're supposed to care about them yeah and also <laughs> the mm-hmm. evil lady in the distance had like the weirdest extended bowl cut Hairstyle. <laughs> I did not even that notice that. Seen. I didn't even see. It's so weird. Uh, uh, as soon as this first scene happened, I was like, well, this is going to be an episode, I guess. Yes. Okay. Um, all right. Does it go to credits at that point? No. And then oh, it's more. one week later right after that. Oh. And it's at the Hellowell house. It's Piper in the bathroom and Prue and Phoebe are trying to negotiate bathroom time use. And uh, Piper's looking at a pregnancy test. We don't see what it says. She just throws the box mm-hmm. in the trash. And yeah. But um, yeah. And but then, then Phoebe comes in. Mm-hmm. Phoebe comes in, picks up the pregnancy, empty pregnancy test box because she's Snoopy. And she gets a flash forward. And it's this very strangely isolated yeah. color <laughs> work in which. Uh, a doctor is delivering a baby and we don't see the person's Mm -hmm. face. It's from the point of view of the person. Yeah, it's from the point of view of the person giving birth and the doctor delivers the baby and the baby is red and has little horns and and is a demon. And again, I stopped and was like, well, this is going to be an episode, I guess. Yeah, there's a lot 
going on just in these pre-credit scenes. Can I give a little backstory about like my viewing experience while oh, I was watching this? please. So our friend Andrew got in on an airplane. He's in the corner. Hi, Andrew. <laughs> hey, Andrew. <laughs> and um, uh, so I had to get on a train and then a bus to go meet him at LaGuardia. And it was a long, it was a long travel. So I was like, I'm gonna watch my episodes and I'm gonna get it done. So I'm on the train and the bus, like watching this on my phone. And it was such like a cognitive disconnect, like looking around me, looking back at my screen, and just realizing how different the, the world contained on my like phone was compared to the world that I was traveling through in real time. Anyway, that's interesting. Yeah, and it was also super weird to watch it in an airport, which I think is a liminal space, <laughs> and and to see this like strange creation of a wedding at this like super rich fancy mansion while people were like shuffling past looking a little dead in the eyes because it was like midnight and they're all like carrying their luggage on their backpacks Um, do you think it would have been different if you had been watching like a different series but in the same time period is it specifically charmed or is it like the world i think it was this episode because i also watched the following episode and it was a and it was like different, but I mean, just the uh, the stark contrast with this episode in particular. Ah, interesting, interesting. This definitely is an episode of a bygone era. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's it. Demon baby, flash forward, and then it's the credits. I am the sun and the air, and then San Francisco. Yes, we have our classic shots from multiple angles, the trolleys, <laughs> of the city. We have Koi Tower. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a theory about why we get this San Francisco every single episode, like right after the credits. Do tell. Okay, so I think it is that when people are flipping channels, um, they may see the start of something and decide they don't want to watch it. So they're flipping channels, and you get to a show, let's say you don't necessarily know what Charmed is, Mm -hmm. but you know it's set in San Francisco, so that's something familiar to grab onto right Mm -hmm. away. So I think it's an effort to grab viewers who are just channel flipping and to establish where we are, because otherwise you wouldn't really know. You can't really get a feeling based on the other just like settings where the, where the scenes actually take place. Very true. So you get the stock footage, it's centering you, and also you get the chance to feature an up-and-coming band. Oh, very true. That's a good point as well. Yes, but um, I'm still going to make fun of it. And you know the whole trope about how everyone's like, in every rom-com, New York City's also a character? Oh, yeah. <laughs> San Francisco is also a character, but it's not no, it really in this isn't. show. But really? I think they're, maybe they like the writers and the directors had this vision in their head where they were like, we're going to have San Francisco be like a central component of these characters' identities. Yeah, I can see that with Phoebe. Oh, yeah. Not really with anyone else. Anyway. Okay, so so it was San Francisco, and then we're in the Hallowell Manor in the kitchen, and Piper's on the Great British Baking Show. (laughs) Yeah, she's, like, getting ready for the... the wedding, which they had signed the contract, Quake had signed the contract to do a while ago when Chef Moore was still around, but then he, like, took off. So now, because Piper is running the show, she is the one who has to carry through on that contract and, like, bake all the stuff. And She's make all the in charge of everything. everything. What a star. Uh, what a star. What a star. She's in charge of everything, and she's worried that this wealthy, the wealthiest family in San Francisco, which is what this family is set up to be is not going to be pleased with having a replacement chef Mm -hmm. well piper rather than chef moore Mm -hmm. okay and prue comes in Mm -hmm. 
And they're talking about how Piper is having issues with setting up for the wedding and how yeah. she's so worried. And then Phoebe comes in yeah. and uh, Prue's like, yeah, I've been talking to Piper about her problem. And Phoebe's like, oh, you know about it too? <laughs> Obviously talking about the demon baby. Yeah. And there's this whole back and forth trope of like, wait a minute. What did you think I was talking about? Because we have all these like puns kind of floating around that mm. could be innuendos. Mm -hmm. Double entendres. Yeah, for being pregnant. It's just, it's silly. Uh, but right. essentially, uh, Piper hires Phoebe to help her cater the wedding. So Piper drives off to the wedding, um, mm -hmm. which is at this huge mansion, um, which we were introduced at the very beginning of the episode. And it's for like, when, like we said, the richest, most powerful family in San Francisco. And she goes to the, ga the gates, the front gates, and she's like, please let me in. Um, because even though I'm not Chef Moore, I'm the one who will be doing the work. And then a priest comes out of nowhere and is like, you have to, or a father? Yeah, Father Trask. Father Trask. He like comes out of nowhere and he knocks on our door and he's like, you gotta get me in there. Like I need to be in the baby, the Hecate. Yeah, beware Hecate. Okay, can we talk for a second about Hecate? Yes, please. All right, I'm not even sure if that's exactly how her name is supposed to be pronounced, but uh, we're a no-spoiler podcast, but we're assuming you've already watched this episode. Um, so the, the, the mother of the demon baby is Hecate, who has to come down once every gobbledygook years in order mm -hmm. to have a, a, a man who has been married to her legally in a sanctified mm -hmm. way impregnate her mm -hmm. so she can carry a demon baby. Okay, Hecate in Greek mythology is the like brother no sister Hecate is a sibling of Zeus and is one of the people who like came out of Kronos I think yeah that's or like great. some so, somewhere around there but anyway she's not a, a some demon person oh she's a god she, she's a goddess she's the goddess of witchcraft uh -oh. so this makes no sense this makes absolutely no sense because if she were the goddess of witchcraft, she would be helping mm -hmm. the charmed ones. The charmed ones in Hakate would not go up against each other in any way. And it's not that she practices dark magic or something like that, or is a warlock. She's like a patron saint of witches. I find that this is such a stark contrast to the episode with John Cho, where like they did a little bit of research and they like yeah. found Yama, who's an actual like god and then they like kind and, of and was the person who like mm -hmm. drove the passengers right. to hell kind of thing right so they they had that here hecate is arguably like a more widely known or like of more widely promulgated origin like greek mythology i feel right. is something that we all have to learn yeah well yeah especially on an american television show yes exactly so in american curriculum you learn about Greeks and you learn about Romans probably more than you learn about anyone else. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's right, but it's very surprising to me that who the people who wrote this didn't do their research. It was sloppy. It was really <laughs> This whole episode, sloppy. I'm not I got to say like right off, I'm not a fan of this episode. I'm a fan of some aspects of this episode. Okay. Um mostly having to do with the sisters. But fair. Yeah, actually this the was setup. Mm -hmm. The setup is is puzzling. And I, I don't know if anyone like would want to do research on this after having watched, say, the average viewer. But I just feel like Hecate is a name that you've heard, perhaps. Perhaps. Or like is 
anyway, it's very easily findable. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my little rant. No, understandable. Yeah. Also, sorry. Oh. No, keep going. <laughs> she was sent to help Persephone. She was sent to help Persephone and like became okay. So we're, when they're saying like go to the underworld, mm-hmm. okay, so maybe. But she was sent to help Persephone. She wasn't sent to keep Persephone in the underworld with Hades. It's almost like not. What's offensive about it is not just that it's sloppy writing and it's under research, but that it's like a bastardization of the original myth. Yeah. So they totally get it backwards, which is worse. Exactly. And it's not for like a creative purpose, it seems like. It seems like you could have picked any demon and made them up. For real, though. For this gal. For, for this For entirely real. Uh, okay. I spent too long on that, but I'm upsetty spaghetti because it just is lazy. Hey, no regretty. Okay, so... All right, so Piper goes to the wedding. The father tries to get in through the gates at the same time she is, but then security drags him off, and they wave Piper through. Odd, but we won't learn about that until later. A little bit later, yeah. Phoebe goes to talk to Prue at work uh, at Buckland because she wants to talk about how she thinks that Piper is carrying the spawn of Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, and Prue, I don't remember her response. Was she like, maybe, maybe not? Uh, Prue was like, oh... What, uh, Prue assumed that Phoebe was pregnant. Um, um, so then we get a little yeah. backstory uh, back at the mansion where the wedding is happening about why there is um, why there's this wedding happening now between the demon lady and the um, Elliot. Well, Elliot, that's his, his name's name. Elliot. Elliot. Yeah. So Elliot and Allison were supposed to be married, but now Elliot and Jade are to be wed, and Elliot's still under this weird trance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Allison is trying to ask, who the heck is Jade? Mm-hmm. And uh, the mom is, like, confronting Allison, trying to keep her away from Elliot. And the mom's like, Elliot doesn't love you anymore. And it's like, woo, soap opera. Um, um, get out. Okay, and then we go to the next scene, which is Piper in the mansion's kitchen, uh, getting everything ready with her, with her shelf, shelf helpers, with her um, sous chefs. Mm. And my my favorite start of this was, um, I said, keep that at a simmer, not a boil. And I was like, thank you. I understand that language, and I would not understand any other language having to do with cooking. You're really playing to the lowest common denominator <laughs> here. And I was looking at, at the person stirring the pot, and I was like, that seems like a lot of bubbles. <laughs> I was like, I wonder <laughs> if they're going to address that. They did. They addressed it. Um, so she's managing everything in the kitchen, and then she goes into... Uh, another room where Jade is having a fitting for mm-hmm. her wedding dress, mm-hmm. and the mom oh, is there, and too. Uh, Phoebe's also there because she's the helper. Yes, and Phoebe's there continuing this pun-based comedy routine. Yeah, she's Buns so in the sassy oven. like this. Um, <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, but she is also just very sassy in this episode. Like, when she gets it, when she goes into the room where the wife and, or sorry, the bride and the mom is, they're like, this is the caterer, Piper, and then Phoebe's like, under her breath, like, and her sister, I guess. Chopped uh, liver. Chopped liver, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, why are you, like, putting all the, like... Phoebe's got so many one-liners in this. Yeah. And the writers just really liked one-liners and thought Phoebe could carry them. So there we go, I guess. And then Piper has to explain to the bride and to the mm-hmm. mom that Chef Moore is not yeah. here. She has, to, yep. she has to explain to this... Uh, ageless demon <laughs> and the richest, most powerful woman in one of the most expensive cities in America that the uh, renowned chef that they hired isn't there. <laughs> and, uh, oh yeah, chef's not there. It's fine. 
Um, and then they all start storming toward her mm-hmm. in what is such a scary shot. Oh, even if they weren't demons, my God. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine a bride and the, the, the mother-in-law storming yeah. toward you, the poor cook? Terrible. Terrible. Um, my favorite line of this scene is from the mom uh, when Piper says, like, Chef Moore's not here. Mom goes, Charles, get me my pill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The social class that we're working in for this entire episode is so silly. It's so, like, that's such a stereotype. It's, like, again, with the, like, mixing of genres, part of it is horror, part of it is comedy, and part of it is, like, Dynasty. Yeah. Or Dallas. Dallas. It's 100% <laughs> Dallas. It's this, these mega rich families uh-huh. who are just squabbling and vicious mm-hmm. and murderous. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got a, a nice weird mix of genres <laughs> in this episode. Right. So eventually the bride's like, whatever. Yeah. This will be fine. Uh, you ruined my wedding. Oh, you haven't? Okay, it's fine. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, it's fine. Um, and so that kind of gets like weirdly resolved. But then, oh, uh, it's the seamstress accidentally yes. stick sticks Jade in the leg with a pin, right. and Jade doesn't notice at all and doesn't bleed. And then the right. seamstress is like, "Um, I'm done. I'm gonna get the heck out of here. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go." <laughs> and I was like, "Good for you. That would be me." Yeah, as character for sure, one hundred percent real. <laughs> okay, um, so then we go to the outside of the mansion, in which. The guys are like, we have bad news. We lost the father. All sectors, code three. <laughs> this was so fun. <laughs> sectors, code three. Puts, the father's loose. <laughs> the, fa- the father is loose. The priest is loose. Puts finger up to invisible Bluetooth. <laughs> the father father is loose. So it's hide and go seek with priests. Fingers up to the... Uh, Okay, finger up to the ear where the Bluetooth is, uh, wrist up to the mouth where the watch piece is, yeah. The, the watch microphone walkie-talkie is. Um, so they go off to find Father Trask, yeah. and Father Trask is actually hiding in the back of... Ooh, oops. Father Trask is actually hiding in the back of the like a equipment or like a caterer's truck, yeah. and he changes clothes real quick. And sneaks on out, but not before we see him put a dagger in his waistband. And then he, like, closes his jacket around <laughs> it real quick. And I was like, Dumbo, zip that fucker up. Oh, my God. I had the oh, exact same idea. Zip that up. Excuse me. I actually ha- had the exact same thought process when I was watching this happening. And I was like, maybe it's, like, a practical reason. Like, the director was like, it's taking too long. He was, like, struggling with the zipper. <laughs> <laughs> like, just just wrap it and then walk off. Okay, we got another shot with the... The father's zipper? Okay, let's go. <laughs> I imagine it kind of like that scene in, um, uh, have you watched The Disaster Artist? No, I haven't. Okay, but basically The Disaster Artist is based on the creation of The Room, which is this so bad it's good movie. And in The Disaster Artist, they do this thing where they're filming this one scene over and over and over again where the guy can't get his line right. And he's basically saying, I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. And he just says that over and over again. And he like keeps forgetting the line. And everyone and the entire set knows it by the end of it. That it's like 50 takes in. They're like, he's like, what's my line again? And the entire set just like re- recites in unison, like, I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> and I imagine that that was what was happening during oh the filming gosh. of this scene. They're like, just zip it up. <laughs> You're my best friend, Mark. <laughs> I haven't seen The Disaster Artist, but I, I do like The Room. <laughs> it's um, pretty good fun. Yeah, I imagine Father Trask was going through that. 
Um, okay. Oh, and then at the same time, this is happening. Allison is sneaking in. So yeah. many people. This, I have written in my notes, chaos. Utter chaos. Madness. <gasps> I wrote Havoc ensues. What? <laughs> Even though we, we weren't watching this together, we were on the same wavelength. Incredible. I love you, Bryce. Perhaps we should spend less time together. Oh, we are. We're going to spend a month apart. Have you forgotten? This is too Papa, too much, have you actually. forgotten me? <laughs> Papa, no. Papa, no. So havoc ensues. Okay, so Allison is sneaking into Elliot. Um, Elliot is just on the bed reading Honeymoon magazine, <laughs> which was such a stupid shot. Like, it's just to set up that he's completely mindless, and it, oh, it yeah, does yeah. that. But just, he's lying. He's lying completely horizontal <laughs> on the bed, and yeah. his elbows are just propped up yeah. with the Honeymoon magazine. You think Honeymoon magazine was like, this is our chance. We're going to blow up after this. I wonder if it's real. Um, I hope it is. And then Allison comes in and is like, why are you doing this? I know you love me. And he's like, Allison? Allison? And Allison's like, yes, it is. And then the door opens, and it's Jade and the mom. And Jade goes, well, if it isn't Allison. (laughs) Which is like the most cliche line of all time for a villain. Everything she said in this was actually super cliche. Incredibly so. Uh, which kind of makes sense because they're doing this whole play on like a bridezilla. Yeah, that's true. So, which is which is a stereotype, mm-hmm. but it's just laughable. The entire thing is laughable. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so it's madness ensuing. Uh, Father Trask is coming in. Piper sees him and remembers that security tried to drag him out. So she's like, "That's the guy. That's the father." Mm-hmm. And he's going up the stairs. And then coming down the stairs are Jade and Allison. Jade is dragging Allison out, and there's just a whole lot of madness going on. Or no, it's not Jade. It's one of it's the mom one or of, something. Oh, I think it's maybe one of the uh, bridesmaids. And the bridesmaids, yeah. Um, and so they're dragging her down. Father's going up. Piper's like, go get him because she thinks she's helping. Yeah. Um, Father Trask gets into Jade's room. Yeah. And he starts trying to curse her back into the dagger. Right, which I didn't know was the goal of the the dagger. dagger. I thought you actually daggered somebody with it. Nope, you don't dagger nobody. You just use it as like a wand. Dagger wand. It's the future of magic. (laughs) (laughs) Combine your pointy, um, shiny Mm -hmm. weapon with some jewelry and also (laughs) magic. Um, Anyway, so he tries to curse her back, and she's like, not today, Father Trask. And another bridesmaid sneaks up behind Father Trask, morphs into a hideous demon, and snaps his neck. And then the next thing we see is Father Trask being thrown out a window. Yes, and he is dead. Dead. He is D-E-D dead. Capital T-M. Um, so then the cops show up because you gotta. Yeah, and the only two cops in the city are favorites, Andy and Daryl. Andy and Daryl back at it. By the way, Daryl's jawline? Significant. I had never realized that. <laughs> I think it's because we had a lot of low angle shots of them talking in this. <laughs> I talk so much about like loving Holly Marie Combs and like how these people formed my sexuality essentially mm-hmm. that to hear you say something about Daryl's jawline is the most delightful thing I could possibly have <laughs> asked for thank you for that 
Um, so now we know Bryce has the hots for Daryl. Excuse me. Uh, you're excused. I agree. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> Andy and Daryl there, um, and they do the the thing again with the like. He couldn't have gotten there. He didn't jump. It's not a suicide. <laughs> Looks like it's a murder. Murder Dirtle. Put on their glass Mur- on glasses. Mur- Myrtle Dirtle. Myrtle Dirtle. Myrtle Dirtle. Um, and Andy's like, how could this possibly have happened? And Daryl's like, that's why we get paid the medium bucks. He had a lot of good lines. To figure it out. Yeah, whoever was writing this episode was like, I don't know how to write an episode, but I know how to write a lot of one-line jokes. Yes, which is also me. So while as a viewer, I am critical, as a fellow writer, I respect the struggle. <laughs> All right, so this is all going down. And then we also have a scene up um, on the upper level of the mansion where they're talking yeah, between... Yeah, on the balcony. Yes, the balcony. The bridesmaid and the mother. Another really good line. Killing the priest wasn't in the plan, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> I love these such generic names uh, for these, like, uber-rich, uber-catty bridesmaids and bride. It's just, it's Dynasty and Dallas combined. That's what's happening. Oh, it's so good. And and Kristen, or Kirsten, or whatever her name is, is like, well, you should have thought of that before you signed away your soul and your <laughs> son to be rich. So there. And ends it with, and don't forget, we're still on the second floor. Oh, my God. And then walks away. And I was like, listen, you can't threaten her like that because when the mom dies, then the marriage is not going to happen. Like, the wedding will not happen. Everything will cease because they'll do a real investigation. Yeah. Um, but she just wanted to get that line in and walk away and flip her blonde hair. Honestly, I think the reason why I didn't like this is because the genre that I felt was being portrayed the most in this was uh, the so, ge- so bad it's good genre of movie mm. or television. Is that, that not your not your favorite? I mean, it's not not my favorite, but it was so cheesy and so badly done because it was also, like, parody parodying a genre that like I already find kind of like boring the one about like these rich people having a oh. time of their lives rich people but what if they had problems <gasps> they're just like us they're just like us they have questionable morals but also they run everything and oh wait they're both in love with Johnny <laughs> basically yeah I'm not a huge fan of that either um, but anyway, so they have this argument, and then we switch back over to Prue, who's at work, because she's a hard-working lady. Yeah. Oh, and we forgot a subplot, but the basic subplot is that Rex and Hannah, who are Prue's boss and assistant, kind of, yeah. are trying to get a fertility icon yes. mm-hmm. to the wedding, to the bride, to right. help her conceive demon baby. Um, so you know that Rex and Hannah are bad. We already knew yeah, that. The bad, and they, bad. they don't really expand on that that much, but they find out that Prue is not planning on going to the wedding, which is very characteristic. This is, I think, one thing they got really right. Prue going, I don't do weddings. <laughs> it's like, I believe you don't, Prue. I really believe you don't. I feel like it'd just be so fun and easy to write Prue. I just have to like channel uh, disgust and cynicism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Shannon Doherty. Rex one. and Hannah are like trying to make a demon baby but through another person and then andy visits oh they are involved though this i did not know until now yeah yeah it's kind of 
it's not really focused on a whole lot. They're just kind of used. Mm -hmm. They keep building up to Rex and Hannah being something, Mm -hmm. but they haven't disclosed it yet. Yeah, and it just doesn't feel like the most relevant of plots yet, but you can tell that it's going to be at some point. Yeah, eventually there'll be like some sort of series long bad. Or or not series, season long. Um, Okay, so Andy visits Prue and this also improbable gives her the evidence and she doesn't wear gloves when she's handling this artifact it doesn't come out of like a plastic like a a sealed bag like an evidence it's not tagged yeah it's just the dagger but even if it wasn't evidence to handle this artifact with your bare grubby little fingers (laughs) with your manicured (laughs) grubby little fingers yeah it doesn't make any sense and Andy's like, so can you tell me where it came from, essentially? Mm-hmm. Which is good because Prue is ostensibly incredibly good at her job. Mm-hmm. Um, but but this this can't, this isn't right. Anyway, so she takes a look at it and she's like reading the line and she's like, I think I recognize this. So she checks it on her computer and she's like, oh, it's Akate. This can't be a coincidence. Can't be. Because she learns that Akate delivers demon babies once every 200 years. Yeah. So they're putting the pieces of the puzzle together mm-hmm. of this very strange episode. I do think that the, like you said, you like the dynamics between the sisters in this episode. And I agree with that because it's almost like they're detectives. Yeah. And they're like doing a detective. <gasps> detective Piper. Oh. My next note literally oh, oh, oh. says Detective Piper. We're too in sync. Too much, maybe. You said we were foils. Oh, no. Too mama, too mia. <laughs> the okay. foils. Um, okay. So then the next scene is back in the Halliwell manor i believe and this is where phoebe (laughs) tells piper okay i've got something to say to you you're not really piper you're the goddess hikate also you're pregnant with jeremy's baby which is going to be demon spawn so i'm gonna have to kill you (laughs) but don't worry because you have enough time because i don't yet have the dagger and they call it something poing something whatever i don't yet have the dagger pictured here that i need gonna have to kill you gonna have to kill you uh but i need the poinsettia (laughs) i need the poinsettia (laughs) i don't know what you the poignard oh point that you know that sounds actually more accurate (laughs) it's french and yet it's italian and it's also a greek myth do 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 anyway so phoebe needs this dagger uh, in order to kill Hikate and send her back to the underworld. Mm-hmm. And Prue comes in with the dagger. You mean this dagger? You mean this dagger? <laughs> and um, and Phoebe's like, oh, no. <laughs> and Piper says, well, I'm, I'm not pregnant. So am I dying? Or Yeah, I'm, y'all, I'm not pregnant. And Phoebe's like, you're not? That's such good news. I don't have to kill you. <laughs> So there's this whole, like, horror comedy going yeah, on, which is pretty fun. fun. And then Prue sets the record straight, and she's like, okay, so what's happening is this, this, and this. And the audience already knows, and we just already told you the story, so you already know. So they make a plan, and the thing that they're going to do is go peep on the bachelorette party and figure out what's going on. Yeah, and Prue thinks she knows who the demon is, essentially. Right. So we all know about Hikate, and they're going to go figure out who Hikate is and who's going to be delivering this demon baby. Yeah. So they go to the mansion, and they peep outside the window of the bachelorette party, and um, Piper made a whole plate of hors d'oeuvres and delicious things, and then 
<laughs> and then it's ding dong pizza. And Piper's like, they ordered pizza. <laughs> Poor Piper. It's a stripper. <laughs> and she was like, you know, I feel less bad now. <laughs> So he's he's stripping to the least sexy stripping music of all time. The most bizarre scene I've ever witnessed with my own two eyes. Again. <laughs> kind of sounds like Seinfeld. The, oh, the, oh, true. What's come from boombox is like, us do not know the theme song for Seinfeld. <laughs> and also watching this next to the uh, um, luggage carousels, like slowly going around, like meandering with like luggage and people just kind of like eyes glazed oh, over staring this. at it. Yeah, me watching this w- amongst this like legion of people with glazed over eyes, watching this stripping show on my phone and I was like, we've really transcended Bryce. <laughs> this is a new level for you. Nobody look at me. Nobody look at me. <laughs> so they're watching and they're kind of, they're, the charmed ones through the window are kind of giggling. Yeah, they're, they're like, like dancing along. They're like yeah. bopping. They're like, ooh, it's a stripper, fun. <laughs> Bachelorette party. But then they start, so the bridesmaids and the bride start surrounding uh, the stripper, and then they clawed him and start eating him. So that was a little gruesome. Yeah. Uh, but I'm assuming that this is how all bachelorette parties <laughs> wind up. True. I've never been to a bachelorette yeah, party. Yeah, so how can I say for sure? Exactly. So this is the one part of the episode that may be completely accurate. <laughs> We're not sure. All right, so the three sisters are like, okay, well, that that's probably Hikate. They don't do anything. No, they run. Yeah, I, oh, no. Another stripper, nameless, lost. Another male stripper, another Chippendale dead. That's sad. It's very sad. But it it was surprising to me that they didn't do anything. They didn't report it at all. They didn't report it. They didn't go for help. They just, it it cuts to the next day in the manor where they're like, we really have to figure out this problem. This is like something that's in all supernatural shows that where they're always like, we can't go to the police. We can only solve this on our own in our own magic world. That's true, but it wasn't even that. Like they didn't even attempt to save the guy. This, oh yeah, that's, that's true. what troubled me. That's what, or not troubled, but what was puzzling to me mm-hmm. because in every other occasion, Phoebe went so far yeah. in a previous episode to try to save that one stranger yeah. that she didn't know at all from being hit by a car. Yeah. And, like, I get that the action is happening right there, yeah. but Piper could freeze them. Prue could move them. You know, like, uh-huh. they're... Oh, man, the writer didn't care. They were like, yeah. this is just a stripper. He's okay to He's dead. be killed. Yeah, that was a very strange thing to me. Oh, man, that is... It's kind of like how in all those cop shows, there's a serial killer and they're like murdering people, like strippers on the street. Or not strippers, but like Sex uh, escorts. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, it's always, yeah, the highest body count are sex workers. 1,000%. I didn't even, I didn't put that together at all. I mean, I didn't not, until this moment because it's so ingrained that people are just like, yeah, we don't care about them because they're not real people. Yeah. And that's kind of what was being done with this episode or this scene. Wow. So we found another thing that's problematic about this episode oh, and not just story structure. Okay, so the three sisters go back home and they make a plan, now that they know who, who Hakate is, that they're going to um, break up this wedding, make sure the demon baby doesn't get born, number one, by using true love's kiss to bring Elliot back from his trance and then he'll call the wedding off. Mm-hmm. So Piper and Phoebe are going to get Elliot, Prue is going to get Allison, let's go. Yes. And um, so they're at the wedding now that's about to take place. 
And I only have one thing to say about this introduction to the scene is Let that it. I love tiny tuxes and bow ties. Yes, I wrote, wow, what a uniform. <laughs> I do love this uniform a lot. I think it is actually the uniform I've remembered the most or like the outfit I've remembered the most mm-hmm. from Charmed because it is actually distinctive. Yeah. It's a catering uniform, but they look so cute. They, they look hot. Yeah. It's like a good look. Go Piper and Phoebe. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so... Okay, so Prue sits down at Allison and is like, you don't know me. I don't know you. But you remember that TV show about an angel who saves people every week? That's that's not me. Touched by an angel. Oh, is that the they show? They reference touched by an angel, but they don't have the rights to say <laughs> its name. <laughs> Smart. Beep, uh, boop. All right, so then... Um, Prue convinces Allison that she wants to help uh, break up this wedding. So they go head off to meet um, Elliot, Piper, and Phoebe at the mansion. Mm-hmm. And so it's at the mansion. It's Detective Phoebe and Piper. and On the hunt. On, on the case. On the case. And they get cornered in the wine cellar <gasps> um, by two of the bridesmaids. Yeah. Which is real scary. And apparently we learn another rule of Piper's magic, which is that she has to be, like, within range to freeze someone, which doesn't really carry over from previous episodes Mm -hmm. at all. But we just get the idea, again, that there are limits to her powers. Mm -hmm. There are levels to this. And um, so they're like, okay, we just got to let them get close enough to freeze them. And then Piper goes, forget it, run! (laughs) Relatable. Uh, okay, so meanwhile, while all of this is going down, the drama at the mansion, um, the bride getting ready and making and looking at the crying mom and whatever, uh, while this is happening, the cops are back at the station, the police station, and they're checking all of the um, security tapes from the mansion because they're trying to figure out what could have happened to this priest that made him fly out a window. Um, yeah, and the uh, only thing I have to say about this scene is that Daryl throws a VHS tape to Andy, and I'm like, don't do that. Stop. Those are not meant to be thrown. They are delicate. The tape could break. Don't you dare. And this that's when I realized I've been working in a film archive yeah. for the past three months. That was your projectionist voice coming out right there. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Stop throwing the feet. Come on, tapes. guys. It's not do you fun anymore. Know that they don't even make those anymore? <laughs> Andy. Uh, anyway. Okay, so they um, read some lips. Oh, yeah, that was so stupid. That was so stupid. Oh, my God. So there's apparently a camera that's positioned right where the mom and the bridesmaid had their previous argument where the bridesmaid threatened the mom. And Andy read the lips and was like, the priest, killing the priest was not part of a plan. And they're like, oh. And Daryl's like, okay, let's go. Let's book them. Book them. Book them, boys. Uh, and then meanwhile, back at the mansion, wedding's still going underway. The bride is getting ready. Um, she's getting her something borrowed, her something blue. The blue is the mother, the sad mother. Sobbing, giving away her only yeah. son. Oh, and I think at this point they're... Oh, oh, oh my God. There was a point of this where I was like, this is also bad direction, where yeah. uh, the bridesmaid gives the bride a wrapped present, yeah. and the bride has to unwrap it, <laughs> yeah. and is like laughing for such a long time, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh God, there's so paper. <laughs> I, it's like, oh my God. It was it was acting. It was a challenge. It was mm-hmm. an acting challenge, but she pulled through. Um, so 
<laughs> so she gets her something borrowed, something blue, and then the wedding is starting, and she walks down the aisle by herself, and um, so they're the they're there, and the priest is or the minister, the minister yeah. is doing the do you take this woman blah yeah. blah blah, um, and then Prue is saving Piper and Phoebe. Oh yeah, Prue at in the same time feels like the Princess Bride. Prue at the same yeah, time so many happen all is once. saving Piper and Phoebe. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, can I just say one more thing? Yes. I think another trope that is happening here is the wedding movie trope where everything just happens all at once and it's just a hectic moment every time the wedding is about to start. Yeah, I think this episode is filled with hectic moments too. Mm-hmm. But especially that, definitely. Oh yeah, because it's like once you get past the marriage, like, or no, not the marriage, once you... Once you get past um, the vows, mm-hmm. then they're married. And it's like, phew. Right. We got there. We got through it, which um, I would like to refer to something that uh, Callie Torres says um, on Grey's Anatomy. I can't remember which season it is. I think it's like season four. But she says, you shouldn't fight for a wedding. You fight for a marriage. And mm. I think that is telling I, who have never been married, um, just think that this trope of, like, getting to the wedding and, like, Mm -hmm. the wedding being the most important thing Mm -hmm. is, like, builds this climax that is not responsible for what comes after the wedding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was a ramble. No, 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 but it's good. And I think that's probably another genre that I'm not too fond of because it just feels so shallow. Yeah, it does. It feels very shallow because it only caters to a certain ideal of living and romance and love. And a certain class of people as well, the kind who have this tradition of the big wedding. Certain demographic. Exactly. And a a lot of cultures do have big celebrations. Right, right. But but this, this one, one specifically, yeah. yeah, is the one that we see a lot. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so cool. All Just right. So about a lot of things. Prue is at the gates with Allison and they're like, "Where is Phoebe and Piper and Elliot?" So they call them and Phoebe and Piper are like, "We are in the cellar. Please come quick." So Prue does. Prue does. Prue uh telekinesis the bridesmaids into these boxes so i guess they're taken care of you know when you get them against the boxes that's how you you defeat them all right we're gonna cut that (laughs) box over um this boxing match is won by a knockout (laughs) (laughs) happy boxing day Yeah, can we keep that one? <laughs> We're workshopping like these. Happy, I should write it like a diehard or something. <laughs> Happy Buck. Yippee Kaye, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, you know how everyone's like, Die Hard's my favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> Charmed is my favorite Boxing Day television show. Um, okay. Okay. So, so then they, they run to the wedding. Yep. And they. Allison in tow. They get there just in time. Um, to say, if anyone objects to this wedding, speak now or forever hold your peace. Mm-hmm. I object! <laughs> um, your honor! <laughs> your honor! <laughs> Overruled. Sustained! <laughs> Sit down. 
Um, no, wait. The stereotypes. Listen. Okay. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Law and Order. SVU. Oh yeah, fair and, enough. Fair. Uh, you know they solve New York's most heinous crimes. Boom <laughs> boom. All right. So um, uh, the bride is not happy with this voicing of dissent. No. So she then says, "By air, what did she say? Who is it by?" Oh, I actually didn't write this oh, down. Oh, by Asteria and Perseus. Asteria and Perseus are her parents. Oh. This is what confuses me even more. By the power of her parents? She's, like, calling them from the sky. She's like, by Asteria and Perseus, mm-hmm. I, like, cast some whatever Yeah, spell she's like, whatever. Mom and Dad, they're, like, ruining my wedding. Yeah, which is actually pretty funny. If this were in a different context in yeah. which Hecate was actually... A witch. A witch? So it would be funny. But again, I don't understand it. Like, they did enough research to know who the parents mm-hmm. of Hecate are, mm-hmm. but they change her into a completely different symbol. Yeah, it's problematic. Yo, this shit is messed up. Uh, well, okay. So she opens up the heavens, um, and then she takes off running with Elliot in tow. Uh, weird. Cops show up. The three sisters follow the demon and the demon bride bridesmaids. Yes. And then they burst in on them in the bedroom. Yeah, and Weird. apparently she's finished because Elliot just, like, rolls off the bed. Oh, is that the point of it? Yeah. Wait, so were the bridesmaids just hanging out in the corner watching this all go down? I guess. they. I think they were there just to, like, make sure nobody came into the room. I see. But they did. Kind of a bizarre scene. Extremely. Um, so apparently Hikate is uh, impregnated, I guess. That was quick. Um, he's so the fertility goddess worked, or the fertility icon. Oh, that was right. Right, they did have that on their side. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so weird. All right, but so anyway, the sisters get in that so room. So the sisters are like, "Oh no!" And the dagger is there in someone's purse. What? Somebody grabs the. Okay, Prue has the dagger. Or she thought she had it. Or she thought she had it, but. It gets away from her somehow. Yeah. And then Elliot picks up the dagger. Yeah. And is, like, just kind of staring at it. Yeah. And then they're like, Prue, do something. And so she moves the demon bride and demon bridesmaids into the dagger with her mind. Which was interesting. You know, at this point, I had still thought that the dagger was to be used in a stabbing fashion. So I thought she was going to move them to be stabbed upon impaled that would have like a little kebab yeah (laughs) (laughs) wait that's kind of funny (laughs) i know this is gruesome but i'm just imagining like like one after the other (laughs) just impale 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 and then elliot's in there like Okay. <laughs> wow, we did it. <laughs> Barbecue time. Well, like. <laughs> whatever. So what I, what happened is that they all get sucked into the um, dagger wand. And Elliot breaks out from his trance and he thanks them all. I don't know who you are, but thank you. It's like touched by an angel. Oh. You know, this person, the writer, watched one episode of Touched by an Angel and they were like, let's do this. I've got an idea. <laughs> In the arms of the angel. Go to the underworld. <laughs> or something. I don't know. That, those are the words. <laughs> <laughs> and the dagger of the angel. Let it not stab. 
Beautiful. But transport to Hades. Wow. <laughs> okay, so all's well that ends well, I guess. Yeah, they're all happy. What happened to the mom? Nobody knows. The mom really suffered. Like, I know she made a deal with some yeah. demon or whatever so she could have, a, like, wealth. Yeah. But she's really going through it. Yeah. And is no one going to ask what happened to the bride? Well, whatever. So Elliot and Allison are reunited, and they're, like, kissing in the bushes. Yeah. True love. Love. <laughs> True love. <laughs> is what this marriage together today. <laughs> Uh, good stuff. Say, I do. No, is it man and wife? Say man and wife. <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically what happened in this episode. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so Andy is there as well. And he's like, fancy seeing you here. And Prue's like, yeah, here's your dagger back. And he's like, what? How did you know I was going to be here? Wait, so did the cops not see the heavens open? Did they miss that? Oh, because they showed up at the end. They were like, yeah. they were like, what's this seems like a real party. Because everyone's like screaming and running away from the wedding. Yeah, so they don't really understand what happened. Um, all they know is that Prue is giving him the dagger back. Everything seems fine now. Yeah. And Andy's like, Prue, can we talk about this in private? And skirts Prue away. And... Uh, <laughs> Phoebe and Piper are left once again to make fun of them. Yeah. That's Prue, pretty much it. Prue giving this, bringing this evidence to a wedding to give to Andy, who she did not know who's going to be. The least probable excuse explanation of this whole thing. None of it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it's a happy ending. Yeah. Of, yeah. It, just, it was a super weird ending. It ended with... Prue and Andy walking off to have a little talk. And then, like you said, the other two sisters giggling. That was it. And I was like, okay. Okay. I got nothing out of this entire episode. Um, I got out of this episode uh, Alyssa Milano doing one-liners. True. Those little tuxedo uniforms. True. Which I freaking love. Um, and that's about it. Yeah, it felt like kind of a... Uh, what what are they called? Like fluff episodes? Yes. Filler episodes. It's yeah, definitely it felt like that. There was nothing besides Rex and Hannah. There was nothing all that complex about the larger arc of the series mm-hmm. and the sisters' relationships. Yeah, and also they weren't fighting something for themselves. Yeah. They were fighting for something. They other were people. at the center of this episode. That's it. That's exactly it. Yeah, they weren't the most important part, so it was kinda like, mm, okay. Cool. All right, and there you have it. Episode six, season one. Yeah. The Wedding from Hell. Episode six, season one, The Wedding from Hell. And how would you rank the demon's deaths? Oh, low. Low, low, low? Anticlimactic. They got, I thought they were going to get barbecued. You know what? You're right. I would give this like a... Mm. It's a one for me. For me, it's like a two because thematically sucking a... a, a demon spawn into a dagger is kind of cool i guess so like i i kind of like that idea but the execution was very anticlimactic yeah the execution (laughs) all right so the the one jeremy out of five jeremy's for me two Mm. for you yeah two yeah i we haven't hit the lowest of the low yet i think okay yeah it wasn't like bad it just wasn't it was just you you wanted more yeah you wanted more that's what this episode was okay this episode i felt i wanted more from it and the way i wanted more from it is for it to give me less 
So I wanted refinement. Ah, that's actually a good point. Thank you. Any last thoughts? When marriage is condoned by a demon, you know it's not a good institution. (laughs) And that's all I have. You can listen to us anytime you would like. We only ask that you rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you leave a review, email that to us and we will write you a jingle. Mm -hmm. Email us at charmedspellcast at gmail.com. You can message us at on Instagram at Charmed Spellcast. I'm Shayna. You can find me at Shayna Macy. I'm Bryce. You can find me at nude, N-O-O-D dot J-S or at Finished Foodstagram, all one word. Thanks, everyone, uh, for listening to this episode. Stick around for a song. Stick around. Oh, my gosh. You're going to like around. this one. Stick around for a song. It is almost Christmas time. Yes, we were recording this uh, on December 15th. Yes, and we know some of you out there love Christmas. Some of us in here, me specifically, do not. So enjoy this song. I hope you add it to your Christmas playlist repertoire. We'll see you in two weeks. I'll see Shayna in uh, six, probably. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. out you'd better cry you better shout i'm telling you why demon baby's coming to town he's making a list no need to check he'll kill anyone and won't give a heck Audio for everyone.